It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Lovers, Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog, which someday will be updated at filmsociology.tumblr.com. I am Kobe-less, I am lonely, and here to help me with my loneliness, which sounds like bad song lyrics, uh, from the Film Yap and the IFJA, the Indiana Film Journalists Association, <laughs> Joe Shearer is here. How are you, sir? Just fine. How are you? Uh, much better that you were back. We Because <laughs> of the new time, ladies and gentlemen, there were certain guests that could not get out of work early. Thanks, management. Yeah. But uh, but so we will make the most out of this by having Joe back. So because of our new time, I have to ask Joe, what is your favorite brunch item? <laughs> um, it's a brunch show now. It's a brunch show. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the soft-boiled eggs. Oh, very good. Yeah, I let's, like that. let's do that. Yeah. Okay. I am still sticking with uh, cheddar biscuits with chipotle sausage gravy. That, that should go on the side. I, I'm definitely on yeah. the side. And, uh, yeah, and mimosas. Every ten minutes, mimosas every every five every minutes. Every five. <laughs> we don't drink till we're full. We drink till we're tired. Right. That's this show. All right. So, um, opening in theaters today. Well, there's a couple films that we did not see, but we'll bring them up. Embrace of the Serpent with great visuals, mm-hmm. Young Messiah for not our crowd, and Perfect Match. But um, you saw. There's two other films of note. Uh, uh, Joe, you saw Ten Cloverfield Lane, which I remember seeing the trailers mm-hmm. for. God, was it the Super Bowl? I believe yeah. it was one of the ones. Yeah. And uh, what intrigued me was, of course, is it or isn't it a sequel to Cloverfield? And then there's mm-hmm. the presence of John Goodman. I'm like, well, he's better. He's made better movie choices in the last 15, 20 years or so. Um, yeah. So what is the word? Is this a sequel or is it just a namesake? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see the first one? Or? I, I did see the first okay. one, and I I love the first one. Um and to be honest, it's kind of hard to say without giving anything away. Yeah, okay, because this right. is a movie that is predicated on a lot of mystery. And um, I I think the best thing to say about it is it could be or it might not be. <laughs> what, what do you work for Paramount? <laughs> for what, all right, from what I've seen in the in the trailers, it's, there's this underground mm-hmm. hovel and, and mm-hmm. John Goodman's there with two people and then... Yes. 
and then there's a there's finally I think the young lady asks of what it's what it's like out there, and then there's there's a conflict. Right. Yeah. So so was that the first ten minutes? That that is that is about the first ten minutes wow. of the movie. Yes. Um. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who okay. um, I absolutely loved in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes. And and other things. Um. She plays a young woman who is involved in a car accident, wakes up in a uh, dank, dark room with bad lighting and a large. It's what, know, people, it's what people are building for the election results. Exactly right. right. And a, a large swarthy man comes ambling in, and and uh, you know she's she's scared, and he is rambling a bunch of things about poisonous air and this and that, and how and, she's out of her element, and how and how she's very lucky to be here. Yes, you're you're out of your element. <laughs> over the line, market zero. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he does, doesn't do that. No, he he never says over the line in this movie that I that I recall. Um, so yes, so she's um, in this in this pit, for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> no, that sounds that doesn't sound stalkery. No, no, not well. That that's what they're going for. Um, turns out there's someone else in this in this. Uh, let's call it a bunker. Okay, it, it's perhaps a, a fallout shelter, uh, a relic from the uh, Cold War days, maybe. And uh, there's Symbolism. another guy in there. <laughs> Symbolism. <laughs> yes. And uh, don't go outside. Stay in here. We've got to stay in here for at least a year. Uh, because you're going to die if you go outside, and she doesn't know whether to believe him. Right. And things progress from there. Okay. So, the, I'm, all right, one, I'm impressed that what we've seen, in the, I guess, in the majority of the trailers has been the first 10 minutes. Yes. It's a film that, you know, there are certain trailers that, you know, just give away the whole movie. So, right. go ahead. There, there is a, a um, rather, you know, after having seen the movie, a kind of a disturbing bit of, of spoilerage. In the movie where you do, in fact, see her outside. Um, but let's just say while the poisonous air thing may or may not be a an, a real thing, there is something else out there that um, may keep her down in that in that particular bunker. OK, I'm going to I'm going to carefully ask this is the thing that's in question. Uh-huh. One of the reasons why the title is similar to another title. That's where the confusion comes in. Ah, okay, Perhaps. okay, all right, all right. See, we, the, those who've seen at least the first film know what, what we're kind of going at. I, I will say this. To to me, um, and I hope this isn't giving too much away, to me, this movie could be a, it could be a direct sequel to um, Cloverfield. Uh-huh. Um, it could be sort of an anthology-ish kind of movie. So we have, we'll get a third one that's completely different, or right. maybe not. Right, the, these could be separate tales they may be connected kind of tangentially you know here or there uh, it could be something altogether different um and that that's really and honestly i i kind of feel like these two movies are are things we will i will want to watch again and investigate the details much like the first cloverfield that had mm-hmm. a lot of hidden uh, a lot of hidden things uh at the the very end of the film uh at the very end of the first cloverfield you see something in um, kind of a cutscene, something strange happening off in the distance, and uh, this this might be one of those sorts of movies. Will there be an homage from South Park, and it'll be just a, a giant hamster with uh, <laughs> bee bee antenna? <laughs> uh, I I am not quite sure. Uh, to tell you the truth, I would hope so, but um, I you know I, some of some of my friends, some of our friends, our mutual friends, have discussed on Facebook this this movie. They, they've already seen the movie as well. Um, as to how well it's going to do, I will say I was at the very first public screening last night at seven o'clock, 
and there were maybe a dozen people in there. Uh, that's it? Maybe. Probably wow. not even that. I'm I'm surprised. Yeah, and um, it it unnerved me a little bit because I was a big fan of it. And, and if there is something um, going on as far as uh, this is some sort of a larger story, I, I want to see that play out. I'm, so I'm kind of concerned. I'll, I'll uh, be interested to see how it actually does. Right. Uh, you know, play through the whole weekend. So uh, I'm not sure. I'll, I will say that I enjoyed it. I was about to say, so, but it doesn't sound like you enjoyed it, regardless. Yeah, yeah the the um, it it could be, and and there are rumors that this was a movie that had um, was a pre-existing screenplay that they wrapped in this quote unquote franchise. Uh huh. And um, it certainly could play that way. The you know the the part in the bunker with a mysterious outer threat. And the question as to whether it's real or not is um, kind of a self-contained film. And then at some point she gets out and other things start happening. So pretty tense, pretty creepy. It's very tense. It's very creepy. Um, the, the mystery is pretty good. The, you know, the, the air of mystery um, is good. And, I, you know, I, like I said, having seen just seen the trailer, it's not hard to, you know, to figure out that there is something other than poisonous air outside. Um, but what that is is um, some subject of speculation. I will say... Um, don't try to go into this movie with an open mind and don't be expecting a direct um, hold your hand sequel to the first movie to see more of, what, of the same because it's much different. Okay, I'm about to say, is it, and does it work as a standalone? Uh, yes, very much. If, if anything, it you know at, at this point, you almost have to see it as a standalone because um, you don't really know if there's something connecting it to the to the first movie. Meanwhile, there's like a horde of people across the country <laughs> that are like running to the stores and renting Cloverfield or seeing if it's on Netflix. Uh, um, our IFJA colleague Nick Rogers um, was talking to me about it last night too, and he has a great story uh, about uh, a per- the person sitting behind him at the uh, preview screening that he was at. Yeah, and um, his reaction to the movie. Uh, it, it would be it would be very spoilery to to give right. it away here, but um, Go the film yap. Yeah, yeah. If you if you um, engage him on social media, he after you after you see the movie, he's very adamant about that. Um, he 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 may or may not be able to engage you in that conversation. Okay. Well, if if I'm not, I don't have Kobe skills, but I, it sounds like Sir Ben Kingsley would be screaming yes. So there's there is <laughs> yeah. that. Um, also in theaters today, I I, I opted for uh, the Brothers Grimsby, mm-hmm. uh, the latest comedy from Sasha Baron Cohen, who co-stars in it as well as co-writes it, and I can't remember he produced it. And he it probably is, co-directed. Probably it. did co-direct it <laughs> naked, you know, or yeah. something sticking out of his butt. Right. So yes, and and by the way, there's a lot of things being inserted into certain orifices humor but right. you, it's Sasha Baron Cohen what do you expect <laughs> are are there things talking that shouldn't be talking um <laughs> that's more of a Jim Carrey thing but yeah there's well, well, I, I Bruno. Get, what yes that's oh yeah yeah no that doesn't happen but uh I guess this is the walking around eggshells portion of film sociology right. with <laughs> yes. both of these films um so it, he he plays uh, a, an older brother who's uh, when when was orphaned and his younger brother was separated and he's been looking for his brother for years and years and years. I like I'm intrigued by the cinematic gene pool that Sasha Baron Cohen with the with the ridiculous mutton chops and the uh, stereotypically bad English teeth is brother is a sibling to Mark Strong who's <laughs> a super spy and and find out through through. Wacky circumstances that he is—he's also trying to thwart an assassination attempt. Strong's character mm-hmm. and his older brother makes a mess out of it, and then they go rogue. The main thing for me, I okay, Sasha Baron Cohen's humor has not—I I am not tired of Mr. Cohen's humor. Mm-hmm. 
At least not yet. I'm I'm still with it. I yeah. and I think the main thing for me is I wanted to see Mark Strong do comedy. Yeah, you know Mark Strong is you know classic that guy, <laughs> and uh, I think you know the last comedy I can think of, and he really wasn't quote unquote funny. He was in Kick Ass, mm-hmm. which is more of a violent film more than funny. Right. But uh, and of course I I love the uh, what was it speaking of Ben Kingsley the, uh, the the commercial he did with I think Benedict Cumberbatch or uh-huh. Tom Hiddleston where you know they're, they they talk about why why are the English why are the villains always English and he was a part of that. So <laughs> anyway. Um, I have to give Mark Strong credit, man. He goes into it full force, so to speak. Um, be, don't expect – I know on – looking at the trailers, it looks like it's a spy spoof. It, it is Sasha Baron Cohen's version of the spy spoof. Don't expect a, a very tight plot line. You are just going from situation to situation. So Cohen-esque humor – happens um there is a scene and it's in the trailer with the uh when you get the uh the poisonous dart and you have to you have to suck out the poison and of course in the film it happens in the shoulder but it happens in the show they also show you in the trailers that it happens down in mark strong's Uh, hip nether nether region (laughs) the the unmentionable land and uh they go there. Mm-hmm. I. That's that's the only thing I say is, um, yeah. It's uh, um, Sasha Baron Cohen is. You know, there are times where he does not leave any room for the imagination. They just go ahead and show you what happens, and that <laughs> happens, and that isn't the only thing there. Go ahead. You you have to give it to him. If nothing else, he he Her. will take an old. I mean, that's an old old joke. And he took it, and he just takes it somehow to the next level. Uh, yeah, he did. That, that there's there, you know, insert your favorite corrupt, G, you know, scandalous GOP candidate, <laughs> uh, Larry Craig. Look it up, Senator Craig. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, of course, my first encounter with that joke was um, uh, bananas, uh-huh. the Woody Allen film, where. Yeah. You know, he's he's told, "What do you do?" And say a snake bite, and Woody Allen's response is, "I I can't suck on anybody's leg unless we're married." And of course, in like a couple scenes later, there's a woman holding her breast who was bitten by a snake, <laughs> and the entire camp is following her. So, um, but there's there's also a scene involving the two actors, and they're they're hiding from the bad guys, and and they're in a, a they're near a small herd of elephants. <laughs> Yeah, couldn't go wrong. They 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 hide there. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's internal <laughs> shots, and it just keeps going. Wow, this is re- there's there's a few moments that it's really gonna turn a lot of people off. But then again, if you, if you go into a Sasha Baron Cohen film not knowing what's about to happen, I can't help you. Right. See right. how see how gingerly we've been talking about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. Right. Right. Um, not all of the jokes are you know slam dunks. There there's a few clunkers along the way. There's the act and the action scenes are really kind of eh, it's it's you know wall to wall. Uh, crazy stuff. It's so funny because watching this film, I, I saw it this morning. I saw it Friday morning, mm-hmm. and there's like you know eight people. So yeah. probably you know I, I'm sure this would be a much more rollicking experience on a weeknight or a weekend evening, and yeah. you've had a few. But um, <laughs> but there was a film. I think it's called. I saw a trailer from Hardcore Harry. Yes. Okay. So there. So apparently, with that film, it is the entire film is from the point of view of this action guy. Yes. And uh, there's a little bit of that in this because mm-hmm. the Mark Strong character has to uh, 
have a he has a contact lens which is the eyes to you know the mm-hmm. master control and the, so there's a couple action sequences of of uh, that are from Mark Strong's point of view. Man, I'm gonna be I, I'm gonna be exhausted if I go see Hardcore <laughs> Harry. Seriously, yeah. um, and that's you know that's probably gonna be 90 minutes, and this was only a couple. Uh, mm-hmm. Isla Fisher's in the film as well. Um, Rebel Wilson. You know, guess what? You need a right. you need a, a large woman to fall down and go boom. Right. Um, uh, Gabby Sabidi is in this. She's got a small role. Right. I, I haven't done the research yet, but Ian Ian McShane's in this, and he's not credited. Huh, weird. So he he plays the kind of uh, Q uh, X Q type character. Um, not a whole lot for him to do, but I'm also mm-hmm. wondering. You know, was it? There's there's two things that come to mind. One, he didn't want to be a part of the ad camp, or he didn't want his name in there. People thinking it's an Ian McShane film, right. or he just wanted to disassociate himself from the picture. I don't know. I have not. I have not looked yet. But um, so yeah, if you're into gross humor, yeah. it's there. And there's a lot of there's a lot of jokes about football hooliganisms. Oh, and Penelope Cruz is is in the film okay. as well. So this is her second spy spoof in less than a month right. between this and Zoolander two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I will say if. If Kobe was here, I think the the two guys would be saying, "Now that was a good movie." <laughs> um, I also saw the trailer for Allison through the Looking Glass. And I know oh. Sasha Baron Cohen's the villain in that one mm-hmm. as well, but not directed by Tim Burton, even though it just screams of Tim Burton. Right. So right. there is that. Okay, so that is that's pretty much what's out in movies. Um, if mm-hmm. you haven't seen the Oscar winning films, which are probably going to die out, and then we're in a dry spell until yeah. summer blockbuster season, which. Was May could be April for all we know. Well, I mean, if if you're going to count Batman versus Superman, it starts this month. So yeah, there, no, I kind of don't. There's always like one big film before mm-hmm. the the because when is um when is Captain America? Captain America's May fifth. That that sounds that's the, yeah. I think that's the that's going to be the starting. Which point. we could talk the new trailer. <laughs> um, all right, fine. What did you? What, hey, Joe. What did you think of the new we, trailer? Oh boy, um, between uh, fellow film map. Writers, uh, Evan Dossie, well, especially Evan. I would say Sam Watermeyer to an extent, but it's mostly mostly Evan. Um, we have this thing where we completely geek out with each other on Facebook. Um, the the moment yeah, I it was fun. It, it was it was lots of fun, and and I was actually on there before the trailer hit, and I was, um, you know, screaming at him, asking him where it was at. And then it, it he, arrived. He was and, writing frantically in all caps. <laughs> I was. But I, properly spelled. <laughs> Take that, social media. That's right. That's Because that's how I roll. <laughs> yeah, proper grammar and proper spelling and pronunciations. Crazy. And, and I'm screaming it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we um, I, I was actually in a, a tire shop getting my two tire, my front two tires replaced um, over, over my lunch hour. When it, it finally dropped, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And it finally dropped, and I watched it right there, and... And I was all but squealing at the tire place. Did you really? <laughs> Were people looking at you? <laughs> no, no. I, I I managed to keep it together just enough. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I'm um, a huge Spider-Man fan. Spider-Man is my has always been my my superhero uh, of choice, and uh, I've I've been uh, eagerly awaiting him interacting with uh, these this current. Uh, Marvel Cinematic it's, Universe. It's still Andrew Garfield, right? It is not Andrew Garfield. It is not. They, they okay. Have, yes, they they have. Uh, Released him into uh, the uh, cinematic 
whatever out into the wild to make movies the like Sean 99 Penn movie no. <laughs> right <laughs> to to make uh so, uh, so who is it uh, it is tom holland who was in in the heart of the sea yes and he was in he's been in a couple other things that's so funny because i have i know a, i have a musician friend in chicago who's also named tom holland <laughs> he is not spider-man <laughs> right right so yeah and, so this is the one his aunt will be marissa tomei yes yes way to go big shooter <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> Quit asking my aunt out to prom. <laughs> and and they did something that I never thought they would do in the movies, um, although they have done it um, to an extent they did it in Watchmen. They gave Spider-Man the expressive mask where his his eyes uh, change shape depending oh, on his mood. Okay. So I, I think it's – now there's a lot of speculation. I think it's meant to be – for the audience, an, an emotional kind of thing. Like, you know, if he's angry, they they will be kind of thin and shifty looking, and you know, the, the, if, the eyes are the audience. Well, Probably. the audience is always shifty looking. <laughs> Present company included, <laughs> right? Especially, yes. but um, yeah. So that that was very cool. So we, you know, we're all of geekdom is is you know having having a good time right now. Now awaiting May fifth. So that's that's how I could just. Rattle that off. Okay, that's for, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that that um, <laughs> see, I, I just have this image of you at the at the tire place, and just uh, and everybody looking. Huh? Uh, yeah, there's there's a scene. Uh, well, speaking of old jokes, where um, they're at a uh, in in the Brother Grimsby, there uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's in the in the audience for a fundraiser that's being run by Penelope Cruz's character, and they bring out a gentleman, a young man who has uh, HIV and he's in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and he's got an earbud Sasha Baron Cohen's character has an earbud he's w- w- listening to the uh, Germany-England football match and so of course when they announce that this young man has suffered with AIDS at that exact moment he, you know, a goal is scored and he's like yeah, oh, no. great you're never going to get away from that you know <laughs> so I, I see that that's right. that's fun but yeah oh that's uh, I you two guys are funny <laughs> Yeah. That press screening is going to be ridiculous. Yes, yeah. That we have seen. Are, you know, are, we, are we are we already in the curt writing of you know please 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 have a screening of this for us? Yes. So we don't have to deal with humans. <laughs> right, right. We don't have to. It's mostly the waiting. I'll 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 wait through the humans. And it is it is the hardest part. It is that is yeah. yeah I've, I've heard that. All right. Tom Ooh, Petty told God me that. Is so, God, this show is ridiculous. All right, so uh, Kobe's not here, so I have to do it. Here's what's happening at his alma mater. Uh, well, it, it depends on when you're listening to this show, as you know, because we're now on three times uh, on the weekend, sort of. Uh, mon- Saturdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 2 p.m., and Mondays at 10 a.m. So if you're listening to this on Monday... Huh? You missed a little bit. You missed a little bit. Missed mm-hmm. a little, missed a lot. Okay, uh, at IU Cinema, oh, Saturday at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. as part of the City Light film series. I love this film. So, so sad. From 1961, John Huston's film, The Misfits. Oh, okay, yeah. Marilyn Monroe's last film. Clark Gable's last film. Uh, it looked like Montgomery Cliff's last film, but he would, he would hang on for a few more years. And uh, Eli Wallach, always solid. Uh, just lone, uh, a lonely hearts club if there ever was one, especially with um, Marilyn Monroe, who is uh, a lost woman with uh, Monty Clift and Clark Gable is old uh, old cow. Well, one's one's a haggard cowboy, the other's old and haggard <laughs> cowboy, and that's Clark Gable. Yeah. Um, beautifully shot in black and white, very bleak, but uh, screenplay by Arthur Miller. And uh, seeing Clark Gable's character try to rope wild horses. At his age, 
it's a little you you'll forget, it's a little Willie Mays with the Mets kind of <laughs> yeah kind of who and yeah. you know, what, what we're what we're hoping we hope that uh, Peyton Manning had dodged that bullet right so uh, but yeah I, I have often used the term when something is a an almost impossible task mm-hmm. I refer to it as Clark Gable and the Misfits uh, yes. so just yes. that's that is happening at three o'clock on Saturday at seven o'clock the International Art House Series the Wave from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday the 21st, the uh, East Asian film series, 7 p.m., the 2008 drama, sci-fi drama, The Clone Returns Home. On Tuesday the 22nd, um, at 7 p.m., the documentary By Blood. And then on Thursday the 24th, at 7 p.m., as part of the Midwest Independence, uh, the drama thriller Empire Builder is happening. Um and then Chris Swanberg will be lecturing next Friday at uh, 3 p.m., followed by the films Unexpected at 6.30 p.m., and Chris Swanberg presents Little Fugitive from 1953 at 9.30 p.m. At the Historic Art Craft Theater tonight at, well, depending on what time you're listening to this, but uh, mm-hmm. at 2 and 7.30 p.m., Saturday the 12th, the original Nutty Professor oh, with Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Lewis yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, you know, I know I have not. Um, I saw the Eddie Murphy version. We all saw the Eddie Murphy version. <laughs> um, I was—I wor- remember I was working at a video store at the. Gosh, this is mid '90s, and I was working at this place when Murphy's film came out. And how many times I had to let people know this um, if they grabbed the Jerry Lewis version, like that's Ooh. that's the original, and then they look at you like you're from space. Right. What does that mean? Right. The, this was made first. Anyway. Um, Probably Lewis at his finest, yeah. um, you know, because he gets to do the 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 buck tooth crazy character that we expect, and and everybody imitates. And then he does on the flip side, the uh, as as is described here, the handsome but obnoxious buddy love, who may or may not have been inspired by Dean Martin. You don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, the visually stunning Stella Stevens is a part of this. But yeah, really good film. And yeah, if you you know, if you've seen the Eddie Murphy film, you really should check this one out. Hint. Um, A few other things of note to mark your calendars. March 18th and 19th at the Artcraft Theater, The Big Sleep with Bogey and Bacall. That's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. April 8th and 9th, A League of Their Own. Oh, very good. Very good. Shot in Indiana, of course. Mm, Um, April 22nd and the 23rd, It Happened One Night, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. And May 13th and 14th, The Wizard of Oz. Um which they're always doing. So, uh, hold on a second. I, yes, I'm typing as things are happening on, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the film show. Um, over at the IMA, tonight, 8 o'clock, Saturday, March 12th, at 8 p.m. Oh, boy. Their B-movie bingo, which uh-huh. I, I still need to go to. The problem yeah. is, is I'm usually on the air. Saturday nights, but uh, from what I was, from what I've been told, it's you know you get a bingo card, and if certain movie cliches happen, they happen, uh, and that's how Very you match nice. them. So anyway, from uh, from the eighties, Chuck Norris, Invasion <laughs> USA. This was another film that was yeah. on cable constantly. Yeah. So that is happening uh, Saturday the twelfth, and then mark your calendars Saturday, April second at ten a.m. Their serial cinema. The original Land Before Time. Very nice. You yeah. showing that to the kids? No, we haven't seen that. Um... Or Invasion USA. Right, not Invasion USA. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I may be privy to Invasion USA myself, but the, <laughs> the kids not so much. Uh, no, we haven't watched the Land Before Time. And I, I don't know if they're not aging out of that at this point. Um, okay. My youngest is 
in first grade, and he is um, he skews a little bit older Uh-oh. with his taste. Is he is he leaning toward more live action as opposed to animated? Uh, they, well, they as we discussed off air um, that he really enjoyed Zootopia. Um, I I think animated is okay, but I think. I think that particular movie maybe is, you know. Ah, where the line is drawn. Right. That is like a certain somebody in my house Mm -hmm. who is really into anime. Yeah. Heavily into anime and Miyazaki. And Uh so, you know, there was a period where anything animated, we went. And then she started, "Eh, that's kitty. And now it's, oh, boy, that's happening. Yeah. And then you start to suggest something, and then you were you were turned down flat. And as a parent, you know nothing. <laughs> yep. God, Dad, why would you mention? Why would you, why, why, why would I want to see that? Uh, Hopefully, that doesn't happen to you. So. Right. It's uh, we're getting there really oh quickly. Oh boy. Oh yeah. man. So the other uh, oh Fathom events. We love Fathom events. Oh, yeah. um, mark your calendars. Saturday, Sunday the twentieth and Wednesday the twenty third. Check your local listings, but the 60th anniversary event, TCM Big Screen Classics, The Ten Commandments. Oh, uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. you can see Charlton Heston and all of his biblical glory on the big screen and, yeah. and hear words from Ben Moskowitz. So that that is out there as well. All right, we're going to... All right, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to get to some titles on DVD and Blu-ray. Joe and I are going to talk about movies we've seen with or without our families and what happens when kids freak out when they sit too close. And we have dead people we like and onion articles because we don't have time for dead people we don't like, and we always have time for onion articles. Exactly. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Hi, this is Elmore Leonard. I'm I'm listening to Film Sociology, and and uh, it it's a real program. It's great. Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoci at WFYI.org. Also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Soci. Hanging out with Joe Shearer of the Film Yap and the IFJA, and also a man who has Elmore Leonard's phone number <laughs> in his possessions. I miss Elmore Leonard so damn much. Yeah, I I was um if I if I can brag for a oh, second. Oh, please do because you because you, you know you got to him first. There there are. <laughs> There are um, there are two people whose phone numbers I have, um, the the late great Elmore Leonard, of course, and and as I was trying to impress my um, my children the other day, um, who were was they were fawning over someone they knew who had uh, I can't remember they they knew a such and such who right. was you know and, and I said you know what I have in my phone right now the phone number and email address of Colin Trevorrow, director of Jurassic World. He's going to direct Star Wars Episode Nine, and you guys don't say anything. <laughs> and they said, you do? I, I said, I have his phone number right now. I'm not going to call that phone number. No, of course, yes, because we, <laughs> we have ethics here right. with the IFJ. Right. He's not my buddy. 
Um, however, hey man, hey man, how you doing? <laughs> right, yeah. Hey, hey, it's Joe. Hey, What's I got up? I got an actor friend. Um, can he send you his headshot and his resume, and, and he'll Skype an audition for you? Right, and, and he may have changed it since then, to tell you the truth. But it's it there. Does, it does not matter. You have the story. <laughs> it's there. See, yeah. Okay, mine is well, I I have Elmore Leonard's not, which uh, we'll get to Dutch in a little bit. But right. the one I said, well, Robert Irvine, of course, who's uh-huh. a regular here well, on yeah. film sociology, but uh, John Legend. Uh-huh. John Legend, wow. of course. Yeah, I um, I interviewed him back when I was in Nouveau, and mm-hmm. he was playing at Indie Jazz Fest. Mm-hmm. So normally, when you do, when you interview somebody, especially of a certain stature, mm-hmm. you know, you, the publicist and da, 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 and you take care. You, they never give you a number. They right. you give them your number. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I remember I was it was really kind of tight. And I was trying to get some time, with, and it's like he was going to be at an airport at like seven in the morning, so I had to get up early for that. Right, and then the phone rings. And the number pops up. <laughs> oh my! But then I was like, "Do the interview." So I get on the phone with him. Really nice guy. Good chat. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. So I kept did, the number. Did he put Chrissy on the phone? No, no I didn't. No, she's at the airport. I'm like, <laughs> I've only done that with one, and it was Robert Irvine. His it was Gale. Yeah. So yeah, I could cause because because you guys are tight. You know? Yeah, right. We're, we're BFFs. <laughs> um, so no, so we do the interview. And by the way, John Legend is also there's only two people in the world that I have introduced on stage and never met in person: uh-huh. John Legend mm-hmm. and Bonnie Raitt. Another Bonnie oh. story for another time. But uh-huh. so um, fast forward it to that was May. When we had Indie Jazz Fest, that was out in uh, Military Park. In July, my wife is doing a play. She's doing King Lear at the Pennsylvania Shakespeare Festival at uh, Lehigh, Lehigh Valley, which is about 45 minutes west of Philly. Mm-hmm. John Legend is performing outdoors on July 4th in Philly. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, and and I would you know, I would you know hold the camera up to to people to impress them, uh, if I knew them. But mm-hmm. uh, I was like, oh, <laughs> so as you said, you don't, right. you know, I uh, you know I I've learned you 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 with Robert, I can put stuff in gingerly, I, but I can't. You just can't call him, hey, bro, what you doing, man? Right. So right. I. I was like, oh boy, this was this is hard, and this is two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I texted him and I said, "I was your MC at Indie Jazz Fest. I'm in, I'm near Philly. Have a great show tonight." <laughs> and that's it. And uh-huh. and then ten minutes later, he he responded. Yeah. And I got scared. I was I was like I shouldn't I shouldn't <laughs> and now I'm I'm ready to I don't know who you are. Don't ever call here again. Right. Blah blah blah. There's a minute where you're right. like, oh, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, god. <laughs> I've done it. Sorry, journalism professors at Ball State. And and I flip it on. And he goes, great, come by and say hi. Oh. See, that's what you hope, right? You always hope that they'll be like, "Yeah, come on, I'll bring you out on stage." Right? We'll, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is we'll, this is we'll the sing stalker. A song together. This is the stalker. But <laughs> any any film that you've seen about stalking, whether it's the seduction or play Misty for me or uh-huh. Fatal Attraction, yes, this is where it starts. Uh-huh. And I was like, "No," I did. and Lynn looked at me. She goes, "You're not going, are you?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no." I'm going to go follow the. Well, one, I don't know where they are. Two, crowded. Three, talking to the giant pituitary gland guarding backstage with my phone. No, look, John. <laughs> I can <laughs> right. see his is from him. This is his number, right? And and I think I wished him like a merry. I texted him Merry Christmas and Christmas Day, and that's right. been it, right? right. But yeah, the, the number has probably been changed like eight times over. Yes, exactly. But right. but hey, I just got to share this story on the air. So <laughs> yep. yeah, there's there are those man. Uh-huh. Anyway, going back to why we we miss Elmore Leonard. Yeah, we do. So yeah, because you got to interview him. Uh-huh. Um, God, what was it? it was for? Was it Justified? Um, it was. 
Or is it Freaky Deaky? No, it was. I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember what it well, was for. I, I got him. I got him because he spoke at Butler. Yeah. And so we we kind of previewed that. And and I remember. That, you know what? That's exactly what oh, it was what, for me what? too. Okay. Yeah. It was for oh the no same no thing. no! It wasn't. It was after that. It was after, because yes, you because, got him first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because he had already. Um, he hadn't gotten to Butler yet, but um, he had he had written an episode of Justified, right? Or a, or a, a Raylan given story that, and he loved Justified. Yeah, yeah. He was really for a man whose work was you know beaten to death in the seventies and eighties. You know, the, yeah. to finally get it right mm-hmm. in the last twenty years of his life, I thought was really cool. Exactly right. um, but yeah, I remember I attended the lecture, mm-hmm. and then I told him because I remember I was really jealous. He was like, "I have a business card with his number on it. I was like, Give it to me." And he's like, "No ethics. I can't. I'm not, I promise I wouldn't give this out." And it's true. So uh-huh. so then we we go. I go to the lecture. And that was the other thing, man. I was I I was like I didn't want to be the guy that brings like every. Every single novel. Right. Hey, man, what's could up? You, could you sign sign? this? And this, and this, and this, and this. So I went up to him, and I told him, you know, how much I liked his work, and I grew up in Michigan, and I had the film show. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, well, give me your card. I'll give you my number. And nice. yeah, I was like you at the tire store. I uh-huh. mean, I was squealing inside yeah. like a little girl. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, call me, and we'll set it up. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> it yeah. was that crazy. So. I, I, I may have mentioned this before. Um, That's all right. In, in that vein. Uh, it's, I mean, it's been a while, so I, right. I don't feel bad about yeah. it. <laughs> I, I got the autograph of an 11-year-old girl. Um, that was that little that eleven year old girl was Dakota Fanning, but ah, still, right. that was like, that's, yeah, <laughs> way to set that up. Yeah, yeah, Weirdo. and and she wrote on there as she signed my Man on Fire DVD, Dakota Fanning, age eleven, with a little heart. <laughs> Just a remind, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That well, there's 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 a punchline involving Natalie Portman's character in Beautiful Girls, but right. that there, yeah. <laughs> She's she she did work with Denzel, Sean Penn, and De Niro at a very young age. Yep. So, all yep. right, <laughs> new titles on DVD and Blu-ray. I know there was anyway. That welcome to the show. That's right. us. Um, the big title to come out this week, and I know we obviously this is we have we have slightly different opinions on this one. Believe mm-hmm. it or not, we do have conflicting opinions on this show. Right. Uh, the Peanuts movie. Uh-huh. Now, uh, my first thing was, um, what did your kids think of it? They and how, and how much peanuts were they were they experienced with prior? It? Now we we've done the Charlie Brown Christmas many times over. Right, uh, I'm, I'm sure we did the Great Pumpkin uh, and you know the all of the specials. You know the, the main ones. Right, right. I have I have a box set of the I have I think volume one of the 70s and I forgot about Arbor Day. Oh there's, yeah, there's a couple yeah. others of of lower note. Right. Well, you know, at some point they they had to cash in, right? Right. Exactly. But um, I yeah I the Christmas one was, is a mainstay at our house. We of you know course. we watch it all the time. You know, Great Pumpkin and, and those are are um, you know th- those are mainstays. Um, they they were pretty ambivalent about it, much like I am to tell you the truth about, really? about the Peanuts movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I enjoyed the animation of it, but I just felt like it was greatest hits. And um, we we didn't finish it, and really, yeah, we didn't even finish it. We got we got through maybe two thirds of it, and and I said, you know, none of us are paying attention wow. to it. Wow! And yeah, they were up playing around doing their thing, and and I was and I was I was shocked at that because I love peanuts. You know, I've always been mm-hmm. you know, but I just felt like you know the the main narrative was was old hat. All of the things in between had been done many times, just in a new animation style. But did you like Star Wars? <laughs> yes. 
and the difference is there's a lot of there were some different this is you know they're older you know Han Solo was an old man so what a 50 year old what Harrison Ford is Charlie (laughs) Brown I'm not kicking that football Yes, he tears, exactly he tears down the kite eating tree with his bare hands. <laughs> Give me my kite. Is that what you wanted? Yeah, no. See, there, but... see I, there's been a theme, of course, with films yeah. that give you a combination of something old and something new. The right. Bond films, Creed, mm-hmm. Star Wars. But, exactly this, right. but this one didn't do it for you. This one didn't do it for me. It it just it felt like the visual style was different to me. Everything else was, you know, I mean, they they went down, you know, just went. Through, I, it just felt like a greatest hits reel. There was the football thing. There was the, the baseball thing. The girl next door. Yeah, there the was the, the little red-haired girl. There was, uh, you know, uh, Snoopy doing the Red Baron, and, and I was like, I've seen all of this, and I'm wow. not – See if Kobe was here, I would I would do the snark. It was you know the, the one of one of his favorite uh, quips of mine is say, this is this is a great Peanuts film to see if you've never seen anything by the Peanuts before, right? <laughs> exactly. And so see I I I remember the first trailers for the Peanuts film and I was really scared because they used the who, music by the Who, yeah. And I thought oh god they're gonna it's like the, like Alvin and the Chipmunks they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna modernize it they're gonna put pop culture mm-hmm. and I, I'm I was just dreading it. Really Really, really yeah. dreading it, and I love the fact that it was episodic. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is old hat, especially those of us in our you know of mm-hmm. a certain age. Right. Um, but it reminded me of the Winnie the, the last Winnie the Pooh film, mm-hmm. where it was episodic, where we did yeah. take these stories and and kind of read them together. I think I remember going back. It. I. I think the specials have always been stronger than the films. Yeah. You have a boy named Charlie Brown, Snoopy mm. Come Home, mm. Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, Never Come Back, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. And, I mean, right. they, they, I thought even then that you, you had to stretch mm-hmm. 80 minutes to get right. a, a, a main feature of that. And the 25 minutes that were done on TV were always, always stronger. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't mind revi- revisiting um, the gang here. Yeah, it looks cool. It's fun. Yeah, little geek note. Big shout out to Trombone Shorty for doing the voice <laughs> of the teachers and the grown-ups. Yeah. But but I, I I wound up enjoying it more than I thought I would. Yeah. And you know maybe maybe I give it another chance at some point. Um, I, I will say I love the the Winnie the Pooh film from a couple years ago. That made my, I think that was number ten on my best of list. That oh, it was year. really really great. It, yeah, yeah. Because it it I think there was because I always remember there's one. Little pop culture reference, but it's quick and it's really done well. And mm. it was the homage to replacing the idol with a bag of sand. <laughs> and I just, it was just random and I didn't expect it. And then there was nothing else. Yeah. So yeah. I was very impressed with yeah. that. So anyway, I, I enjoyed the film. I, I will say, you mentioned the, the Peanuts trailer in the pantheon of, of great trailers. The Winnie the Pooh movie has a terrific one. And they use a song that I don't hear, that I really love. I haven't seen used that much is uh um somewhere only we go from keen right and um it's just it's so well used and it, i mean i i was sitting there watching i almost i almost started crying at the trailer from just from that song the way that they used it i was like i was like shut up guys <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that to your kids <laughs> yeah Dad, are you crying <laughs> shut up <laughs> No, I'm, no, no. I have something I'm in my dead. eye. If you tell anybody, you're in trouble. Wow. Don't tell your mom. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, that that is out there in theaters. Um, I also rented, and I didn't, I didn't get to it, but apparently a lot of people didn't get to it. Mm-hmm. The Ron Howard film in the Heart of the Sea. Yeah. Which Emma, my, my daughter said, why did you just call it Moby Dick? It's right. not Moby Dick. <laughs> it is a setup 
to um, to the story of Moby Dick. We have mm-hmm. Chris Helmsworth, who's just very muscular and he has great hair mm-hmm. and weird Boston accent. Not maybe in the pantheon of weird Boston accents, but it's it's in there. But it's it's the story of, of course, of a whale uh, whale uh, boat. And Helmsworth is supposed to be he, he's he's due to become a captain, but he winds up being a first mate for a captain in training who comes from a rich family. <laughs> Killian Murphy's in this picture as well. Um, it's there's a nice mixture of stuff that is blatantly CG, and I don't mean just the whale. Yes, the, guess what, folks? They didn't actually work with <laughs> whales in this, but and but um, but but some of the village scenes where they're about ready to to you know leave for uh, leave for the sea, and then the sea itself. I mean, it is it is not it is not a version of Moby Dick. First off, the title is really generic, and yeah. so that that probably didn't help matters. Mm-hmm. But I, I I feel bad. I really should have seen this on the big screen. The yeah. bigger, the better, because it looks really cool. Um, there you have, of course, the things that you expect from a boat film. Mm-hmm. You have clash between uh between leaders between the the, the chain of command. Mm-hmm. Um, you have vis- the visual aspects of uh, what happens when things go overboard. Uh, not really giving away a whole lot, but there is there are moments on an island, mm-hmm. and of course things involving the whale and what you have to do to get to uh, to get the whale blubber and get the oil. Um, I I actually wound up liking it a lot more than I did. And there's also there's also a plot device that I'm not a fan of because I think Sunset Boulevard did it great and nobody else should do it and that's not entirely true <laughs> but um, there's a couple of vignettes with uh, Brendan Gleeson who plays the lone survivor or mm-hmm. the l- last living survivor of um, of this uh, particular journey and then Ben Wishlaw who plays Herman Melville Oh, so yeah. it's him getting the story from the guy, and the, and this right. would later become not really a spoiler alert, right. and this would become the inspiration for Moby Dick, yeah. and and uh, like Princess Bride. I know that's another people for a lot of people their introduction to that uh, mm-hmm. narrative where, you know, you're 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 hearing the memory, and then boom, you have like two or three minutes with mm-hmm. the two characters, and then you go right back into it. Oh uh, yeah. So anyway, they're they're really good. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it's a shame that it kind of. I know they were kind of pushing this for award present, uh, consideration, yeah. and it and it uh, it got lost at sea. Yeah, and definitely. that's a shame. It's it's really it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, also on DVD and Blu-ray this week, uh, the latest film version of a Shakespeare tragedy. Mm-hmm. We can say it because we're not in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, Macbeth yeah. with Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard. Mm-hmm. Um, you did see this one? I did not. You did no. not. Okay. Um, I, I'm a sucker for Shakespeare in movies. Yeah. I, don't judge. But um, Spoil, Spoiler alert. Everybody dies. Well, it is a tragedy. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and this one, normally it, it is not in a castle. It is actually out in the out in the uh, the moors of, of Scotland. And there's a lot of scenes. There's a lot of scenes of isolation. They're done in like little tent. Well, semi little tents mm-hmm. so as opposed to creeping from castle castle hallway to castle hallway and things like that they're in these little little tents where things are tense <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but i really like fastbender in it and and i actually like marion cotillard as uh, as lady m i um you know she just makes fascinating choices regardless so yeah. um you know and there's there's a number of Macbeths out there and this one is different than obviously polanski's and mm-hmm. and some of the other and scotland pa so i yeah. i enjoyed that um, one I know, I think neither one of us saw, but it's out there of note. Victor Frankenstein, oh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, Daniel McAvoy Radcliffe, and, yeah. and James McAvoy. So that mm-hmm. is out there. I was looking at some of the older titles 
the question, you know, this was an old segment back in the uh, when the show came out, and I still bring it up from time to time. Do you really need this on Blu-ray? <laughs> for instance, and I know Jeff and Alicia are going to give me all sorts of hell for this, uh-huh. the 1980 roller disco musical Xanadu. <laughs> I, I would say that's essential to have on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you need, well, that is a color-coded, mm-hmm. candy-colored movie if there ever was one. Right. Livy Newton John, Michael Bean, and uh and yeah, Gene Kelly's final musical. Oh. Yeah. And music by ELO. So there's that. Howard the Duck uh-huh. is on Blu-ray. Yeah. Do you need unless you're really into Leah Thompson. No now now I am. And and by the way, <laughs> she, by the way, she will be here in town uh for Indiana Comic Con this we, year. You're gonna buy a Blu-ray of Howard the Duck <laughs> just to see the look on her face yeah. when she signs it. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sure that won't be the only one she signs that day. Um, but Howard the Duck is one that fans have been clamoring for for years, to tell you the truth. I, I don't – I want to say it was never released on DVD. Um, really? Or, yeah, or if it was, it was released very late. It was one of those ones that people have been wanting. And, wow. Um, the, the rumor was that much like the original – uh, unaltered versions of Star Wars or the Star or Wars the trilogy. Christmas special, right? That uh, George Lucas was keeping it in the vault to keep it from being out because he was embarrassed by it. Of course, he produced it. Yeah, you know, he he very may famously may or may not have directed. Or right. well, that's Radioland murders, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So it, you know, I I think it's fine uh, to be out. Uh, there's definitely an audience for it. Um, I I as we I we discussed Camp off air. Cinema. Oh yeah, it, it's I. Tried to let my kids watch it. And oh no! I very quickly no, <laughs> regretted that. No. About, How far in? Uh, uh, well, you, the regret comes about thirty seconds in. Yeah, when he goes flying. I believe the scene where he gets transported to Earth features a topless female duck in a bathtub, and she is anatomically much like a human woman. Are you sure it's not? A, it's not like a female in heavy metal magazine, <laughs> right. or or somebody often writes in the uh, the Onion AV Club comment page, which is slightly better than YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh, the old glory days of PG nudity. Yes, <laughs> we could have an entire show on on that kind of thing, and we don't as if we don't yeah. get made fun of for looking creepy already. Right, that would add to right. it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will say um, uh, there's uh, off topic. There's a, there's a movie called. Little Monsters that a lot of you may have yes. heard of, Fred Savage and yep. uh, Howie Mandel. Um, it is the I, I long have maintained it's the uh, inspiration, so to speak, for Monsters Incorporated. It's a very similarly themed movie. Okay, um, but so I thought I had not seen it in years, and I thought let's let's show the kids, and then it all comes screaming back to you. Yeah, and it's like all of these, you know, he's encouraging Fred Savage to. Uh, <laughs> do lewd things to girls and they're you know he's like 10 or 12 12 years old at the time and i'm going this movie would not be made in this form today no thankfully thankfully <laughs> says you're talking to the guy who wanted to date raquel welch when he was 10 right um so yeah howard the duck is on blu-ray yeah. um also batteries not included yeah another film that was on cable constantly you yeah. grown and jessica tandy uh-huh. um I, yeah, I, 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 I cannot explain that movie. <laughs> no, I can't either. So I guess that's it. And then I actually saw this in the theaters with my parents, with my parents, oh. in the summer of 1982, the musical The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> I, Burt I, Reynolds and Dolly Parton. Burt Reynolds has two musicals under his belt, and <laughs> I own both of them. I, in, the, in the Dolly Parton pantheon, I missed that one in the theaters. 
Um, I think I may have seen some of it in on cable, but um, I did see Rhinestone in theaters. With oh, my good dad. God! So did I. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, yeah that I, I think <laughs> compared to that, the best little horror house in Texas <laughs> is Singing in the Rain. Right. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's, uh, there's. Well, you can Google image uh, mm-hmm. Dolly as Miss Mona, and uh-huh. well, guys have been dreaming about this since uh, since mm-hmm. Hollywood, right. uh, since she burst onto the scene. Um, but so, yes, so to speak, so to speak. Um, they arrive first. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bert sings. Dom DeLuise sings. Charles Durning got a supporting acting nomination. Wow. He, he, I remember he, um, as the, I believe, the governor of Texas, mm-hmm. he had one number and he's really good. But he had, I remember, he had back to back supporting actor nominations the year after this mm-hmm. to be or not to be. Oh, yeah. So yeah. love Charles Durning. But yeah, mm-hmm. that, is, that is out on Blu ray. As well. Okay. Um, oh, we were talking earlier about um, Invasion USA. Yeah. Have you seen the documentary Electric Boogaloo? Um, yes, I have. God, yes. That's, that's in the. There, there's very rarely times where we want a film to be longer. Mm-hmm. I'd love a three. I'd love a three to four hour version of yes. Electric Boogaloo. I mean, there's yeah. like, and it's of course the, the history of Canon films, mm-hmm. which is the stuff that we grew up on. They were at, they were, they were on video, they were on cable constantly. You ran to the video stores and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, Van Damme and, mm-hmm. and Bronson and Chuck Norris and, and then the, you know, the art balance of the, the occasional art film. Yeah. But uh, what a fascinating and fun time oh, as yeah. far as hustling and movie making. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the the title film, of course, was is a uh, something of a legend. The break in the break in series, right? In in Superman four, the the quest uh... for peace. God, <laughs> I can hear yeah. Abdul Hakim Shabazz having a migraine right now because yes. of that. Yes. So even worse than Superman three. Uh-huh. Um, we were talking off early. Just by the way, today's show is also brought to you by Talking Off Air. Right. Um, <laughs> One of my coworkers here at the radio station, uh, Stacy, uh, her daughter Maya, um, we check in with her from time to time because um, she's she, she's very young, but mm-hmm. she's seen a number of films. But she had a moment where um, they walked out of Zootopia, and now now what happened was they got there late, so I think they were in the third row mm-hmm. for Zootopia, and there's a scene involving a jaguar that was just too intense for Maya, yeah. and, and they got up and left. Now, there, this has happened with Maya in the past. I love you, Maya. Thank you for being an example. <laughs> but um, there are times where it, it's too intense at home, at theaters, and then maybe you know a few months later they can watch it, uh, they can rent it in the safe and comfort of their own own home yes has this happened with your kids um you know it's never happened to the point where we left um i have had them from time to time get scared by something that was unexpected to me um i i'm trying to remember a specific instance and i don't know that i can't maybe toy story three Maybe oh the, gosh! The, the, was... the thing that almost sounds like it almost turns into United ninety three. <laughs> yes, you're like, are we really? And if you know, you're, you're sitting there watching this, and the buildup is so tense, and you think, yeah. you're really? There's a part of you think you're really going to do this. Yeah, yeah. And I was convinced. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's. If I remember right, I think there's a scene where two people's hands are holding each other tight. I'm like, yeah. oh my god. They, yeah, they they do that. I, yeah, Woody and I think Woody and Jesse are, are someone. Something, but you're like, holy yeah. crap. And I'm, I'm thinking they're really going to do this, <laughs> but um, no, that yeah. But and then you know they they well, just couldn't. But mine was um, 
and this was Emma. Emma was starting to get into live action. She mm-hmm. was slowly making the transition from all animation to now nah, we'll do a little bit. And it was another one where I was late. It was down in Greenwood. That was the other thing. I had to drive all the way down to Greenwood for the screening. But it, and we were in I think the fourth or fifth row. Or if you've seen, if you've been to certain theater chains, there's that front section. Yes. And we were there for Zathura. Mm-hmm. And the aliens were a little unnerving. We didn't leave, but she did. I did get like you know uh, grip arm marks on my arm, right? From that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the only instance I can think of where it was just really intense, and then you had to go. Yeah. And I think there's that thing of where you sit. Yes. Um, especially if, and, and the thing that we brought up earlier with Stacy is, I was say. Were, have your kids ever been freaked out by the characters at Disneyland? Mm-hmm. Because you you see them, of course, and they're small on TV. Right. And then there's a you know there's a college kid, with, you know, who's in a <laughs> sweating to death in a nine foot uniform right. costume, and and kids are crying. Right, Mickey Mouse's ears are very big. They are huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, of course, we've had the. As a matter of fact, just yesterday, my um, daughter, who is now eight, showed me. Uh, you know, my my wife is going through pictures, and showed us a Santa Claus picture where she was a baby and she was crying. Oh. And you know, my my older son was, uh, he must have been four maybe at the time, and, and he was just sitting there with this look on his face, like, "Why is this girl crying?" <laughs> but you know, there there's that natural. It's a natural thing, even you know, at a young age, even for for you know people you would say are idols of you know young children, Mickey Mouse or Santa Claus or something like that. Meeting actually meeting. That person, you know, that person, you know, quote unquote, that, you know, gives you some, you know, some some nerves, some jittery, some butterflies. And, and then just as a, as a young child, maybe you can't Fat, you, yeah, I can't fathom yeah, you that. can't process that. And it turns into sheer terror. There, there was. I remember there was. A, I think it was in the last few years of her life. But Cherry Lewis had a show on TV uh-huh. uh, with, of course, Lamb Chop and Hush Puppy and yeah. Charlie Horse. And there was there was uh, Sherry with Lamb Chop, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. But then there were also a few episodes that had somebody in a Lamb Chop uniform. And I thought, what oh. what mutant? You know what <laughs> what 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 nuclear cloud did Lamb Chop go through <laughs> to grow eight feet tall? And then it goes away. I'm like uh-huh. what is what is that? Doctor Lamb Chop and Mister Hyde? Right. That's a strange that's, thing. That's, that's someone with with too much budget yeah exactly <laughs> so all right um we're short on time but we have to get to dead people we like because mm-hmm. we never have time for dead people we don't like right. uh, okay it's not a music show but sir <laughs> sir george martin producer of the beatles right. come on i mean hard days not he produced almost all of their albums mm-hmm. uh, of course he's the one that brought orchestration in for eleanor rigby among other things but come on you, you should out of respect go rent a hard day's night mm-hmm. and help Right. Maybe not Let It Be. Well, Let It Be is not available on DVD for reasons. So right. thanks, Paul and Ringo. <laughs> and then uh, actor Richard Davalos passed away on March 8th at the age of 85. Uh, did a couple TV films, TV series. And then uh, in his first main film in 1955, East of Eden. Not go. a bad way to start. No. Other films include The Sea Chase, uh, The Cabin of Caligari from 1962. He played Blind Dick in Cool Hand Luke. No. Played Gutowski in Kelly's Heroes, 1970. Was in Hot Stuff, directed by Dom DeLuise, 1979. <laughs> Death Hunt with Charles Bronson, 1981. Yeah. Played Mr. Corsetti in Something Wicked This Way Comes from Ooh. 1983. Very nice. And his last film from 2008, 
Sure. Ninja cheerleaders. <laughs> Salute, Richard. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, words to live by. Soylent Green is people. Zardoz is spoken. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. Joe, thank you. Go check out the Film app where you can see a little of this and a little of that. <laughs> thank you very much. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Uh, good night, Fort Myers. Good night, California. Good night, Michigan. Any other places we should get to say good night to? Uh, Indianapolis. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, Indianapolis. Well, it's probably morning when you're listening to this. Or afternoon. Yeah, actually, good afternoon. That's right, because yes. Kobe did do that before leaving. So good afternoon, all of those places, and Richmond. See you later.